It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and uh, in today's show, Chris will shortly be joining us. He's uh, got the latest cruise news, and of course, uh, we've got uh, a bit of maritime history for you as well. This week, we're comparing uh, two beautiful ocean liners, of course, QE2 and QM2, both both of them very iconic, but uh, we have a bit of fun with Chris asking uh, his opinion on various different categories about those particular ships. And, of course, we have the latest uh, cruise news as well. A quick uh, shout-out to a few people. First of all, to uh, to Paolo. Thank you once again for being a part of last week's show. Um, we had some great feedback. People really enjoyed your thoughts and opinions on uh, the first of the Cunard voyages to restart aboard Queen Elizabeth. That was great. Thank you once again. Also to David in Scotland. You sent through some great pics and videos of Queen Elizabeth arriving into Greenock in Scotland at sunrise. Um, I have put a few of those into today's show notes. So if you want to see the beautiful Queen Elizabeth arriving there into Greenock, then uh, you can take a look and thank David for, for sending those through. And also a quick shout out to Kadir in Canada. He's going to be joining the show in the next couple of weeks. He's a cruise director and uh, he has his own podcast, but uh, we're going to chat about his life at sea. And uh, we've got a few other guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. Now, don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, you can do so by calling, uh, you can do so, sorry, by uh, visiting the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com in the top right hand corner. Click on join the show. And uh, that's where you can send in your question. It's where you can give us a ship uh, that you'd like to review or just get in touch and uh, tell us what you're thinking. Now, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, the 11th of September. And of course, that is a very important date. And uh, uh, um, we need to take a moment just to reflect that 20 years ago today, the world did change, not just the airline industry, the travel industry and the cruise industry, but uh, life in general. And uh, for everybody who lost their life that day and anybody that is still impacted by the loss of a loved one, we really are thinking about you and uh, send you virtual hugs uh, around the world. But without further ado, let's jump straight into today's episode, episode 71. Let's get Chris in the studio. Enjoy.
And as always, at the first of every episode, it's always good to catch up with our good friend, maritime historian and all things cruise news, Chris Frame. Hey, Chris, welcome back. Hey, Baz, nice to be back again. Another week? It is, another 71, week. 71, is it? Epis- 71 weeks? Yeah, 71, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, we've got a, a lot of news to get through this week, but I watched your video um, a couple of days ago, the one where you were comparing QM2 versus QE2. Yes. And uh, I think it has to be one of your best, I have to say. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> but I thought it'd be quite nice just to, I don't want to, stop people from watching the video because they do need to see it mm. but just kind of get a little bit of summary so i thought if you we, we just cover four areas and then we can tease people to, to head over to your youtube channel oh, sure. and uh, see that the full video but um when comparing those two beautiful um ocean liners yes um who performs best or what's the difference i guess with the the size initially okay so um size wise qm2 comes out on top like significantly mm-hmm. um when so QE2 is the smallest uh, queen class liner that was ever has ever been built. Interestingly enough, um, and although many people probably remember her as being one of the world's biggest ships back in her day, um, she was never as big as the the Queen Mary or Queen Elizabeth that she re- she replaced. The reason being is that they actually wanted QE2 to be smaller so that she could cruise through the Panama Canal. Oh yeah, yep. And it was. Um, it was important for that because it allowed her to undertake those world cruises uh, every year and keep her away from the North Atlantic in winter. Mm-hmm. So QE2's dimensions were uh, reduced to 963 feet, 294 meters uh, in length. And she did have an extra deck though. So she was higher than the original queen. So she was one, one deck taller, but a bit shorter than the original um, mm-hmm. ships. Now, Fast forward to when Queen Mary II was being built and she actually was originally, um, I think, considered to be a ship of similar size to QE2. But because there was such a huge requirement to include balcony accommodation on board, Mm -hmm. as well as some of the amenities such as the planetarium, the ship's scale increased and increased and (laughs) until she became, at the time when she entered service, the the world's largest passenger ship Um, and still to this day the world's largest ocean liner although she has been eclipsed by some cruise ships now. And um, so Queen Mary 2 is 149,000 gross tonnes. QE2 is 70,000 gross tonnes. So tonnage-wise, about half the size, but dimension-wise, um, a, a couple of hundred feet shorter than Queen Mary 2 and, and several decks lower. Mm. How about speed? QE2. <laughs> she wins there. So um, QE2 was, uh, was designed at the time when they were still using ocean liners sort of as a, an alternative to jets um, in, a, in a sort of, I guess, on mass. It was the last ship to have to be built for that purpose, but there were still yeah. a number of other liners that were doing the, the North Atlantic at the time. There was the France, there was the Raffaello, Michelangelo, um, and, and other, other ships that were still operating on, on the North Atlantic. So, so she was needed to be able to undertake that transatlantic crossing in five days in order to keep um, sort of schedules with the other transatlantic yep. liners. And in fact, at sometimes during um, the, the winter months, particularly, um, uh, they would actually do sort of tandem crossings with um, the France and, and make sure both these two big ships went on the same side of the Atlantic at the same, at the same time. They would kind of work together to make sure that QE2 was on one side and the France was on the other just oh, because okay. they didn't want that, all that you know, extra <laughs> capacity when they, didn't, when they didn't need it because the jet was so popular. Um, QM2 uh, could undertake QE2 schedule. So she is fast enough to do that. 
mm-hmm. but she didn't ever need to to have that as a sort of primary requirement. By the time mm-hmm. QM2 came into service, um, QE2's transatlantic schedule had already been reduced to a six-day crossing rather than a five-day crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now nowadays, QM2 actually does it in seven days. They've slowed her down even more, um, which having done the seven-day crossing is actually quite nice because it gives you an extra day on the ship. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they wanted to and they, they, they fired up her, her gas turbines, um, they, they could absolutely do a five-day crossing on QM2. But um, at the end of the day, QE2's maximum speed she ever ever achieved was around about the 34-knot mark. She had a 32-knot um, uh, maximum rated speed, and her cru- cruising speed was 28.5 knots, which is very fast. Yeah. Um, QM2 can achieve a, a speed of 28.5 knots. Her, her top speed was 29.62 or something, just, just under 30 knots um, that she achieved during her sea trial. So, again, like pretty pretty similar but kiwi 2 in a race would have been able to win mm. and is it true i've heard this somewhere i don't know if it is true or not that uh, qe2 could go as fast backward as she could forward not as fast as she could but she could go as fast backwards as some of the cruise ships can go forward so oh, okay. some, of, some of the some of the slower cruise ships are rated at around about t- uh, 17 to sort of 22 knots and qe2 could achieve that in in reverse wow. um and particularly after she was re-engined she yep. was given um, diesel engines in 1987 and that came with new propellers and her propellers were variable pitch propellers so the, the propeller shaft would always rotate in the, in the same direction mm-hmm. at the same um, revolutions for cruising speed um, 144 revolutions per minute I think it was and then they could reduce that down for docking but when the ship was going into reverse you know you, you think about the film Titanic yeah. Um, when they go full reverse and then the engines have to slow down and the propellers have to slow down and then yeah. they yeah. press the button or pull the lever and the whole thing stops and then they have to go into reverse and slowly wind it back up again. With Kiwi 2, she could go from forwards to reverse just by changing the angle of the propeller blades. Oh, wow. So the, the shafts just kept moving at the, same, at the same revolutions. The propellers kept going in the same direction, but the blades would change angle. And because of that, it allowed her propeller blades to be quite effective in reverse. And so mm-hmm. the thing that was the difference, obviously, was drag because her stern was yeah. a cruiser stern and her bow was nice and, nice and sharp. So that's why she was a bit slower backwards. Wow. How about design differences? Um, obviously, QM2 was a more modern version. There's things yes. that didn't exist back in the day, but any, yes. anything stand out? Uh, QM2, I think, like I say, amenity-wise, QM2 has more and has has, has like probably some better amenities. Um, so she's got like the planetarium, which is just remarkable, but also as an lecture venue, Illuminations is my absolute favorite place that I've ever spoken mm-hmm. Um Although QE2's theatre was pretty cool, and it was my my first ever talk on board QE2, the, the Illuminations theatre is just amazing for lecturers because um, you have a real interaction with the audience. The way that, that six hundred people are like in that room, but they're you can see all their faces, so it's yeah. kind of a really cool um, venue. Um, Kim Two's got you know huge um, double height ro- space rooms. She's got beautiful suites. Her cabins and accommodation is far better than QE2's uh, in almost every. Um, category but um qe2 has uh an atmosphere that is hard to put your finger on and the (laughs) ship the ship's design on the two decks where the main entertainment areas were so quarter deck and and upper deck the restaurants were at the front of those two decks 
And then the bars for those restaurants were just behind them. And then they had entertainment venues that followed on after that. So you had this kind of flow on the ship that, you know, say in the evenings, for example, as passengers would go down to their cabins to get ready for dinner, the entertainment areas would sort of transition from daytime to nighttime. So the curtains would be drawn, the candles would be lit. And yes, there were actual candles back on the QE2. (laughs) Um, The lighting would be changed. The band would start playing. And then you'd come back up from the from the cabins which were below those main decks and the ship is sort of transformed into a nighttime venue then you'd have your meal you go to the bar you'd have your meal you come back through and then you kind of transition through the ship so from an after dinner drink to the lounge for the show to the yacht club for you know evening entertainment and the way it was just laid out was really good and it created this sort of ambience on board the ship that 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 made her feel quite special so yeah, I mean, you can see in the video, I kind of explain it a little bit more visually because you can see some of those rooms and QM2's rooms are just spectacular. But I think QE2 had, had maybe had slightly had the edge in terms of the actual layout. And last but by no means least, luxury. If you could say one was more luxurious <laughs> than the other or is it just a different type of luxury? Well, I mean, if you're looking at luxury from the point of view, and it's interesting you say that actually, Baz, because I have another video, QE, QM2 versus Titanic, and there's this oh. ra- raging debate going on at the moment in the comments section about um, which which of the two ships is more luxurious. And I think that, you know, from my perspective, from in that in that argument, in every in every measurable way, QM2 is more luxurious than Titanic, mm-hmm. um, but Titanic had some amazing um, sort of detailing and, and and artwork and that sort of stuff on board as well qe2 mm-hmm. and qm2 is kind of the same qm2 i think if you were to to go through a list and go which one's more luxurious it would have to be qm2 she has um larger rooms she has you know much much better cabins um by modern standards the ship has more amenities she has more public spaces she has a better passenger space ratio than qe2 bigger boat deck all that sort of stuff all of the all of the things that you put down on paper. <laughs> but the the big difference, I think, between the two ships is that atmosphere piece, which QM2 is absolutely developing and, and in fact, I think has it now. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first came out, she obviously was a new ship, so you had a new crew and they, they hadn't the atmosphere hadn't really Developed. evolved yeah. yet. Yeah. But um, in recent years, absolutely. My transatlantic crossing I did in 2019, she was just, it was just amazing. Like the ship's atmosphere was just exactly like you would expect it to be um and 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 the service like qe2 was was around in a time when um you know even in even in the lower um the cheapest uh, restaurant grade for example the mauritania restaurant you would have multiple courses there was a sorbet between courses there was uh, they come out after after dinner with this enormous tray of handmade truffles for petit foie after the after the meal um and you know the service was just was just spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, QM2 service is, is fantastic, but it's a different era. It's a different yeah. expectation. People do a lot more help yourself these days um, than what they did on QE2. So I guess, as you say, like for luxury purposes, um, the hard product QM2. I mean, she's a newer ship. She's a bigger ship. She's had everything thought through. Um, but QE2, in terms of that soft product, maybe at, in her heyday. Yeah. Um, was, was, was ahead of um, QM2. So it's just one of those things that's it down, down to what you consider luxury to be, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, all of this and more is available on your YouTube video, which of course uh, they can access via the show notes of this episode, or of course, uh, just head onto YouTube and look for Chris Frame Official. Yep, that's right. Thank you. 
Straight into cruise news, Chris. We've got a bit of news from all around the world, but let's start off with a good news story. Um, Carnival Cruise Lines have come to the assistance and are helping out in New Orleans. Yes, they are. So um, they're actually sending the Carnival Glory as a housing accommodation ship for first responders uh, who are participating in the efforts uh, from Hurricane Ida. Mm. So, you know, we've spoken throughout the pandemic about the positive impact that cruise lines and cruise ships have uh, around the world. And this is one of the examples that I think you and I actually spoke about when it came to previous hurricanes. Yep. yep. Um, so she arrived in New Orleans uh, on this Friday just past. So we were recording this on, um, on the Saturday. So she arrived just recently um, and um, she began provisioning of, uh, you know, providing, I guess, uh, things such as uh, medical materials, water, food, um, bringing it all on board the ship. There's 2,600 hospital workers who are coming on board mm. um, to help out with that um, with that effort. So yeah, good on well them. Well done, Carnival. And as you say, the, the cruise lines always pull together when there's anything happening at uh, various locations around the world. Um, next in, we've got more news from Holland America. They've announced the return to service of the final three ships in the fleet. Yeah, that's right. So they've got um, three more, the last three coming into service. Um, Nordam will be sailing out of Japan. Um, so she'll start in, in the northern spring of next year. Um, and then uh, Oosterdam, she's going to be sailing in the Mediterranean. Um, and again, it'll be uh, next year when she, when she sets sail, but she'll be taking in a variety of different ports from, from the 1st of May in the, in the Med. Uh, and then Westerdam is going to be joining some of her fleet mates on voyages to Alaska. Mm. Um, and uh, they actually, I mean, obviously Westerdam is going to be the last of the three, by the looks of things, um, sort of later in May. Yeah. Um, but they they'll have the rest of their fleet now. Um, they did say that, of course, the, the cruises that were scheduled for for some of these ships in Australia and New Zealand, as well as South America, um, in January will will um, obviously have been have been cancelled. So, whilst the fleet's going to be back in service, it doesn't mean that the the footprint's quite the same as what it would have been yeah. um, prior to COVID. Yeah, and if you're in one of those affected uh, cruises, then obviously your travel agent or Holland America will be in contact with you directly. Um, Staying with the Holland America line brand, the luxury sister Seabourn has announced the Mm -hmm. restart date for Seabourn Quest. Yeah, so she'll be um, ready to to resume cruising in time for um, their northern summer season. Um, So she'll be setting sail into the Mediterranean in May as well. So it's a busy Mm. time next year. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so she'll be, I mean, Quest is a much loved ship. Seabourn travelers are very, very loyal to both the brand and both and their favorite ship as well. Um, And and currently they've got two of their ships in service, uh, Odyssey Innovation. So we'll have Quest come in. We've we've spoken a bit about what's happening with Sojourn in previous podcasts. So um, the the plan is ticking along there to get the, the fleet back in service. Our next bit of news is a bumper one, so we're going to just kind of skim across the surface, and it's one of those where if you really want all the information, head over to the show notes of this particular episode, because Oceania Cruises unveiled the inaugural season of the much-awaited Vista. Yes, no, you certainly couldn't fault Oceania for the information they provide, could you? Because it's uh, it's very extensive. Um, So, yeah, uh, basically, like, their new new ship, um, a new class of ship for them, so it's, of course, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and voyages will be opening up, um, will have actually opened up 
probably by the time you listen to this, the 16th of September. So whether or not you're listening to it the week it's published or not, but that's when that's when sales will start. Um, and the season includes a, a number of um, options for you to, to travel on. There's 18 trips that go to more than 24 countries across mm. four different continents. They have um, a presence in the Rivieras of France, Spain, and Italy. They're going to the Greek Isles. They're going to the Holy Lands in Turkey and Israel. Um, they'll even venture to the Canary Islands. Um, and as far as the United States, well, the Americas and the Panama Canal. So mm. quite, a, quite a broad um, route map there. Um, they'll be having a number of overnight stays. So you can overnight in Venice and in Lisbon and in Istanbul, Jerusalem, Bordeaux. Uh, and across in America, in Montreal, and well, in Canada rather, and and of course New York City in the US. Um, and the maiden voyage is going to be Rome to Barcelona, um, so that will set sail on the fourteenth of April, twenty twenty three. So it's quite a quite a while out yet until that maiden voyage, which is why I guess they can say with confidence how many places they're going to go to because you know so <laughs> so far out still. Um, but they have a number of interesting like voyages that I, I'd thought sort of caught my eye there's a london to london uh trip in in august 2023 which takes in a number of uk uh ports there's a london to new york so i guess a transatlantic cruise it won't be a direct crossing but it 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 will um go down into into paris and um takes in um dublin and then jumps across the atlantic and goes to st john's um, bar harbor boston newport um and then they also have voyages up to um Montreal, and then they've got cruises that go through the canals I mentioned before from Miami to Los Angeles. So there's heaps of stuff and uh, too much to talk about in, in this time we, time we have. So yeah, as, as best as check out the, pod, uh, the um, show notes rather. Yeah, no, they're doing a great job. They tease us every week with little bits of information and it's so good that I, I kind of have to include it. But yeah, there's lots there. So head across to the show notes. Um, next up, we're going to the uh, sister brand Norwegian. Uh, they just launched their latest video in their Embark series and it was a great one. Yes, yeah. So they've um, been doing this uh, sort of video series, um, basically looking at the, at the ships as they, they prepare to come back into service. Um, and this one here is all, it's quite emotional. It's all to do with the, the crew and um, uh, reuniting, I guess, back on board the ships. Because you've got to remember, these people work together, in many cases, for years, sometimes for decades. And then for 18 months, they, they were kind of split apart, sent to other parts of the world back to their their home, home nations and I guess with, with very little idea as to what was going to happen. So to be reunited with all your friends and, and colleagues um, would be would be very exciting and, and a special moment. Uh, and this is, of course, filmed on board Norwegian Jade as she uh, prepares to have her, um, her passengers come back on board. Brilliant. And continuing with the, the kind of video theme, Celebrity Cruises has just launched its uh, global TV campaign and what a great little 60-second video it is. Yes, yes. They, they've launched it under the tagline of Journey Safe, Journey Wonderful. Um, and it uh, looks at uh, the experience, I guess, and, and the wonders that can be uh, witnessed by passengers from on board a, a celebrity um, ship. And I guess there's, there's some things about... You know, people always say, like, why do you like cruising? And then people talk about it, unpack once and yeah. go go here and see this and the service and all that sort of stuff. But it's the whole kind of um, 
experience that comes together and allows you to see the world from a very different perspective from mm-hmm. being at sea. I think you'd agree, Baz. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's sort of what they've tried to capture in, in this particular one here. Yeah, no, it's great. And the link to that video, again, is in the show notes. I highly recommend you uh, jump on and take a little look at that one. And some new news also for the Carnival Corporation and all of their cruise brands uh, requiring uh, convenient access to pre-board testing. Now, this is for U.S. guests only at this stage. Yes, and it's for travelers on um, the Carnival brand, as well as Holland America, Princess and Seaborn. Um, And it's working with Quest Diagnostics, which is one of the testing services over in the US. Um, and the idea behind it is, I guess, to help streamline the um, pre-cruise you know, process that you have to go mm-hmm. through to get on board the ship. Um, so it will kick off uh, this week um, and it's in accordance with the CDC directive. So there's, there's some more sort of technical details, which I think Baz can put in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the short, uh, in short, you're going to have it three days before boarding, but uh, all the details are in there as well. Now, uh, Erosa have also done a great job of teasing us with information regarding their new uh, hybrid ship, Erosa Senna. What's the latest news out of Erosa this week? Uh, they're talking about their new spa facility on board, um, mm. which is going to have uh, a, a Whirlpool spa, a Finnish sauna, heated benches for relaxation, um, and they're even going to have a... Uh, you know, if you want to go from the opposite side of um, from from saunas to ice, <laughs> they'll have a they're calling it an ice grotto mm. um, with a, a, a fount, an ice cold fountain for people to cool off in afterwards. So mm. uh, you know this this ship one of the things they've been teasing is the wellness aspects of it. So I think this is part of that um, overall um, sort of wellness and and um, and revitalization angle that they're taking there. Yeah, and I guess speaking of wellness, Fred Olson came out with some great news this week, and I'd never considered this, but apparently if you're undergoing um, certain treatments, um, massage may not be an option for you, but Fred Olson has introduced something that makes uh, massage an opportunity for patients receiving, sorry, for cancer patients. Yeah, so it's uh, a, a, a program called Made for Life Organics, and it comes from Cornwall, uh, it was developed mm. Um through advanced, well, it was like, sort of like a, a cancer touch therapy uh, training that, that came, saw it came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is a lot of considerations that need to be made uh, when you're undergoing treatments like that um, and also the impacts that things such as, you know, radiotherapy and chemotherapy and that sort of thing have on your body. Yeah. Um, and so for them to, I guess also like, you know, it's no, no secret that so many people have have impact been impacted by and are impacted by by cancer. So I imagine lots of people who are on ships are also in the yeah. same situation um, and can't can't uh, historically sort of enjoy those sparse facilities. So this is just a way to um, to enable there to be an option for for people from with you know regardless of what sort of health conditions they're facing. Mm, no, I like it. Always. But if, the details again in the show notes, and you would need to um, obviously look at the uh, information about whether it's suitable for you in, in yeah, more of detail, course. of course, as well. Exactly. A uh, great little roundup there of all the latest cruise news once again, Chris. Now, we've already mentioned uh, one of your previous videos. Is there anything else out on the horizon this uh, this weekend? Well, I reckon if you've uh, checked out the QE2 versus QM2 one, go and check out QM2 versus Titanic and, and, and throw your comments into the mix <laughs> um, it's been fascinating to, to, to see the, the passion which some people come to these topics with, um, and particularly uh, the passion that people have for Titanic, a, a ship that, um, you know, uh, had a, has fame for all the wrong reasons, I suppose, 
uh, and her sistership Olympic, which was almost identical in every respect um, and served proudly during World War I and stayed in service until the 1930s, is, is not necessarily treated with the same um, same awe and, and interest as Titanic is, yet she is so mm-hmm. much more successful. And then when you compare that, those ships and their amenities and their accommodations to, to modern-day cruise ships, and people always talk about the golden age of travel and how wonderful it must have been back on the old ships, and sure it was, but when you actually do, do the research and you realise how much more comfortable and pleasant and um, open and airy and private modern-day cruise ships are, uh, it's just something to think about. So, yeah, I'd be interested mm. to hear people's thoughts. Brilliant. And if you have got any uh, questions for myself or Chris, jump on the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, send them through, and we'll do our best to answer them in a future episode. Hey, Baz, you know what else? I, I also um, I followed your, your advice, and mm-hmm. I've um, set up a merch store. With, oh, um, yes, you have, yes. With uh, um, n- non-sponsored content. <laughs> but I set up a merch store with, uh, with T-Mill, um, which uh, I've been very impressed with the the quality that we've had some obviously we've got yeah. some sent to us and and I have some of your um, big cruise podcast shirts as well, but um, you know as as you've said in the past it's all um, done with a green sort of footprint no plastics in the production line yeah. um, green electricity organic yeah, cotton yeah exactly uh, and so that's available now through the through the website as well if anyone's interested it's just our, our stuff's a little bit more. Um, a bit more basic than, than what you've got on offer. It's just our, our ocean liner cruise ship hybrid logo um, mm-hmm. on different different sizes under different colors and stuff. But um, if no, anyone's interested, great. yeah, just check it out. It'd be, be cool to see what people think. Yeah, and again, I'll put that into the, the show notes under your little section as well. Chris, always a pleasure, mate. And uh, we'll do this all again, same time next week. Thanks so much, Baz. Take care, everyone. me again just a quick reminder um if you want to help keep this podcast on there there's a little way that you can do it if you're familiar with patreon which other podcasters and youtubers use that's a way of uh, sending a little donation uh, through to them we use something similar but we use a system called buy me a coffee um just like uh, buying your friends a, a coffee in the coffee shop very very similar although you're not physically buying me a coffee you're making a small donation and every donation is greatly appreciated because it really does help to uh, to keep us on air and the benefit is, once you have made that donation, um, you uh, then receive priority access to the podcast because every, all of our supporters do receive the uh, the link to the podcast the moment that it is made live. And uh, it can take about 12 to 24 hours for iTunes and the other podcast directories to, to pick it up. So if you would like uh, that priority access, then the easiest way to do so is to support us by buying me a coffee. You can buy one coffee, you can buy two coffees, you can buy 10 coffees, or you can buy a whole year's supply. It's entirely up to you, but every single... Uh, little donation through buy me a coffee is greatly appreciated the links of how to do so you'll find in the show notes of each and every episode thanks in advance and now it's time for a new segment on the podcast and uh this actually came about because a friend asked for a recommendation they wanted to uh they actually live in spain they're a, a resident there and they uh they want to go and see the Greek Isles, and they want to do it via a cruise ship. And uh, they sent a few thoughts of what they were considering, and I found a few different ones. In the process, I found a great itinerary, which I'd never seen before, and I thought I'd share it. And uh, so I've uh, started a new segment, uh, <laughs> Cruise of the Week or Itinerary of the Week. And um, it's not necessarily about the price of the itinerary. It's just about an unusual itinerary or a, a, a great duration um, and something that I think might appeal to you cruise listeners. So uh, it's no no way sponsored. It's no way 
um, promoted by a particular cruise line. It's just a, a random itinerary that I seem to find each week that uh, might be appealing to you. And if you see one, by all means, send it through. Now, the first one this week is a Royal Caribbean itinerary on board Jewel of the Seas. And uh, I had no idea that uh, towards the, the latter part of 2022, she will be sailing uh, in and out of Tarragona, Spain, which is a port just south of Barcelona. So it could be considered as Barcelona, but it's not. Um, Tarragona is a, uh, a Roman uh, city, or was a Roman city, um, got a lot of Roman history and architecture. It's the gateway to the Costa Dorada, which is famous for a few things, one being the theme park Port Aventura, which is one of the largest theme parks in Europe and a great destination. Um, and also places like Delta Ebro, which is a little bit further down the coast, that's famous for its uh, bird life, its uh, rice paddy fields. So a lot to see and do in the area. So there's a number of cruises, I think there's three or four that go in or out, so start or end in Tarragona. And the one that I saw that really attracted my attention departs on the 19th of September 2022. Itinerary is Tarragona, Spain, with a day at sea, then into Messina, Sicily, and then on to Zakynthos in Greece, Chania for Crete, also Greece, Santorini, Greece, Rhodes, Greece, Ephesus slash Kusadasi for the Turkey, and Mykonos, Greece, before arriving into Athens. A great nine-night itinerary and a great ship as well, Jewel of the Seas there. So um, if you are here in Australia, it may or may not tie in with your school holidays, depending on where you are. So you could indeed go and have a bit of time in Barcelona or a bit of time at Port Aventura before getting on the ship, and then a little bit of time in Athens at the end. And then the ship does return in a different itinerary, not the same ports if you wanted to do the reverse uh, that one heads out um, uh, early October to uh, to come back to Tarragona. But I'll include the links to this in the show notes. And if you see a great itinerary out there that you've either booked or you're thinking of booking, send it through. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.